The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Always glad to have you along for the ride. When we say ride today, there's more than one meaning. Very happy, as always, to be working with Nathan Miller, our producer. I like to say that he keeps us in our in our lane, but I think uh, this time around he might be helping us to remain in the saddle. Why? Because American Road Trip Talk goes to Wyoming today. From July 22 through the 31st, visitors to Wyoming's famous Cheyenne Frontier Days return to the Cowboy State for the 126th year, kicking up dust and bringing 10 days of nonstop rodeo action and live entertainment. You can enjoy the world's largest outdoor rodeo and Western celebration from a thrilling carnival and chuck wagon cook-off, that would be a special in our household, to world-class country music acts and bull riding. Yes, there is something for all ages. We're going to talk to a man, Tony O'Brien. He's an expert in this line. So much to unpack there, and we can't wait to get to it. But we will wait through a very brief timeout. Cheyenne Frontier Days, our theme today on American Road Trip Talk, and we will be right back after this. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. Tony O'Brien is the Wyoming Area Manager for Little America Hotels and Resorts, overseeing two properties, Little America Hotel and Resort. Cheyenne and Little America Hotel, Wyoming. Tony started his career with a Little America nearly 15 years ago as a concierge at the Salt Lake City property. A seasoned hospitality professional, he has held a number of leadership positions, including general manager, sales manager, and guest experience manager. He currently serves as an executive board member of Visit Cheyenne and a board member of the Wyoming Office of Tourism. Tony graduated from the University of Utah with a bachelor's degree in political science and government. So we're happy to welcome to American Road Trip Talk, Mr. Tony O'Brien. Tony, we're so glad to have you with us today. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And I can just imagine there, you're a Ute there. So you must have enjoyed many a a crisp winter day watching football, like get together playing BYU. You're seeing the, the gridiron clash there along the Wasatch Front. Absolutely. I've uh, been a huge Ute fan when I was going to college there, and then I certainly adopted the Cowboys uh, from my time being here in Wyoming. I think 
Uh, it's a blast to go and watch the Cowboys over in Laramie. I don't doubt that at all. And I'll tell you, Tony, I have made a road trip and I live in Sarasota, Florida, and my wife, Suzanne, and I got in the car and we decided to make a road trip out of a 71 day period where we could just see as much as we could see traveling rather diagonally, you see, across the country. And when we got to Wyoming, there was such a gorgeous expanse of territory in that box like state. There's just you don't even want to blink your eyes. There is so much gorgeousness there and the beauty the tradition that western motif which is there from sun up to sundown and overnight too just amazing stuff but i haven't had the opportunity yet to go to cheyenne frontier days 126 years congratulations on that tony all of you who put that together you know there are whole nations that haven't lasted 126 years that's true. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing event. It's uh, one of a kind, and uh, we're lucky to have it every year here in Cheyenne, which is such a great way to uh, for everyone to experience Wyoming and what we have to offer. When you talk about Cheyenne Frontier Days and with 126 years of history, how about giving us a, a panorama, if you will, a sense of what it is that event has evolved into over the years? Because it's probably, you know, anything that goes on that long, it's not going to be where it was at the beginning. What has the evolution of it been like as an entertainment experience? Yeah, I think Cheyenne Frontier Days, you know, has evolved quite a bit. Uh, you know, the rodeo is is the focus of the 10 days, uh, but it's become so much more than just the rodeo, uh, which is every single day, uh, each day from noon to about 4 o'clock. And then, you know, what we have to offer, too, at night is the night shows. Uh, there's concerts almost every single night, along with uh, the championship bull riding on Monday and Tuesday. And the concerts have really varied over the years and you know there's a somebody that anybody could watch i mean this year we have uh jason aldean and brooks and dunn and uh just a a great number of people that like to come out so there's something for people during the day and then something for people at night uh, along with all the festivities uh, out at the park which you know include a carnival and uh, really there's something for everybody in the family originally were the Cheyenne Frontier Days confined to maybe a weekend, a long weekend, and then grew in? Because July 22 to 31, you're looking for a complete event to offer folks. Yeah, I think that it's grown in terms of what is offered over the course of the days. Uh, you know, the whole city uh, welcomes about you know over 200,000 people uh, over those uh, 10 days. And I think it's a city effort along with out, out of the park. You know, we have our pancake breakfast parade uh, and a whole host of other events outside of just the park that I think have really grown over the years so that really anywhere you go in Cheyenne, there's just a party and somewhere, some, something for someone to do. I lived in Las Vegas for five years and I can tell you, Tony, that here's the contrast I would draw. When when the rodeo was in town, it could be the National Rodeo Finals. There it could be Hell Dorado Days. There, it would change the character of the town, and that's a pretty tough thing to pull off when you're talking about Las Vegas. And yet, there was this 
this cast of cowboys and everybody would have a great time. I sure saw a lot of there, which is a real credit to the folks who would come into town. They'd be tipping their hat to the ladies, including my mom, when we would run into them. And they'd be in the casinos, yes, but they're out there at the uh, rodeo site and there would just be this cowboy motif. But when you talk about Cheyenne, you're not really having to go anywhere that isn't already going to be characterized by that kind of lifestyle and the respect for Western tradition. I think that would be one of the most attractive aspects. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I think the other really neat thing about Frontier Days is it's put on by all volunteers. Uh, so, you know, we're a town of about 60,000 people uh, that takes on more than 200,000 over those days. And the goal of everybody here that volunteers for those events is to really show what true Western hospitality looks like. And no one, no one's getting paid for it. And it just shows you what what kind of uh, great people are here in the wonderful city of Cheyenne. A town that I regret to say I have not visited. I hope to get there someday. I truly do, because for a short time, I also lived in Colorado Springs. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, for Pete's sake, I would have gone up the road and I would have gotten to Cheyenne because it's in that part of Wyoming, you know, with that section being contiguous with Colorado. But when you get to Cheyenne, I mean, you're, you're talking about the state capitol. And all that that has to offer, there's a richness to the tradition there that is widely celebrated. I have never met anyone who went to Cheyenne, spent any time there at all, that didn't come back feeling as though they were made welcome as a visitor. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think we're a gateway to all the parks, uh, gateway to Wyoming. Uh, you know, we're we're the last frontier, and I think that uh, Cheyenne in particular has a great history of. Uh, you know, being an inventive uh, town and, uh, you know, has a rich history of trains with Union Pacific being here and, uh, you know, kind of being the crossroads of the West with two major uh, interstates uh, crossing through the city. I'd love to look at some of the different aspects with you, Tony. There, the, the rodeo itself, now, I'm not going to pose as any expert, that's for sure. But is it true that there are rodeos and then there are rodeos? What, what are the aspects of it at Frontier Days that are perhaps unique there or especially worthy of notice there in Cheyenne? This is something that's gone. It's had 126 years to evolve after all. Yeah, it's the daddy of them all. I, I think that Frontier Days uh, is one of the largest rodeos in the country. And you feel it when you're there, the energy, the excitement from the crowd, uh, I mean, it's a wonderful sporting event, and you know all the it, it flows so quickly, and hardly know that you're there for four hours before it's over that day, um, and you just get some amazing athletes that are really dedicated to sport and and humble and really represent uh, the West well. It seems to me that if it's concentrated there about four hours at a time. And then I just have this sense of all of that energy spilling out into Cheyenne. And I'm sure that little America properties get more than their share of all the attention and the people who want to go and do the other things. Am I right? Yeah, it, it really is. I think that's when the party starts is, you know, around four or five o'clock. Uh, you know, we offer uh, an outdoor barbecue every single night during frontier days uh, with live music, uh, which is kind of a pregame event to uh, the concerts or the championship bull riding that's happening that night. Uh, and that's the case everywhere in Cheyenne. Uh, there's great places to eat. Uh, you know, there's live music at many of the bars. And uh, I think that 
4 o'clock is kind of when everybody's ready to get started for the rest of the evening. Sounds good to me. And you mentioned there's even a carnival there. I've been to my share of carnivals. Some of them just remind you of the, you know, the corn on the cob, cotton candy, et cetera, chili, et cetera. They're at a carnival. Is that, is, is this traditional in that sense? It's part of this event. You just, if you're hungry, you know where you're going to go and how much is on offer for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we also have the native American village, uh, which is uh, at the park as well. And, you know, as well as tons of vendors with really unique uh, Western uh, Western wear and other things to buy. And so there's plenty to do just at the park without having to necessarily attend the rodeo. Oh, I see. Okay. there. And I, I have to ask you about this because I know I would be hanging out there quite a bit. The Chuck Wagon Cook-Off. Now, there's got to be some intense competition involved there, maybe as much as at the rodeo. Absolutely. And there's such good food that's offered out there. Uh, it's always fun to either before or after uh, go and grab some really great home cooked food uh, over at the Chuck Wagon Cookoff. Are there particular rules? I have a reason for asking here, Tony. When it comes to a Chuck Wagon Cookoff, for example, if there is a chili contest, now I have it on pretty good authority, unless some people get away with cheating a little bit. But when you make the chili, I've heard that the, the real, you know, the prize winning contest, the, the Super Bowl of chili cookoffs, wherever that might be held, when it gets to that kind of championship chili, you don't include the beans because that's a party foul, I guess. Yeah, I, I would say I'm partial to the chili here at Little America. So I would be, uh, I don't think my chef would be very happy if I didn't mention how great his chili <laughs> is. And I won't say whether there's beans or not. Okay. Well, it's a matter of personal taste, too. That's for sure. Uh, Little uh, Little America itself, why don't we get into that a bit? Because uh, this kind of program is going to appeal to those who want to get out there. They want to get in their cars, maybe their motorcycles, their RVs. They want to go out and be among them and to have an experience that they can write home about. So how, in, in what specific ways, and with a lot of it coming from your sense of direction and marketing, Tony, what do people come to expect and how are they rewarded by staying with Little America? Yeah, I think we offer a, a value product for uh, each customer that's coming through. Uh, we have a lot of families, so you know, we offer amenities such as outdoor pools, playgrounds. Uh, you know, during the summer, we have a lot of open space for uh, people to enjoy. At our property in Cheyenne, we have a nine-hole golf course. Uh, you know, we're known for our 75-cent ice cream cones. Uh, our property uh, on the western part of the state outside of Green River is going to be opening up an RV park uh, here in about a week and a half uh, for folks to enjoy. It's, I'd, I'd say, one of the nicest RV parks along the I-80, uh, and they can use all the amenities that the property has to offer, pool, fitness center, uh, including all the dining options. I think we're known for made from scratch food and it's uh you know we have a great menu at each of our uh, locations and you know if you're driving along the i-80 you can enjoy each of our properties uh even if it's just for the day uh and we also have a property in salt lake along the i-80 and are you accommodating toward those who are going to bring their rv and maybe there's a car attached and they just set themselves with a set themselves up with a mobile lifestyle it seems like you're more than simply a travel plaza absolutely i, th I would say each of our locations is a destination uh we're a one-stop shop for everything you get your fuel here 
uh, and then go explore everything that Wyoming has to offer and make this kind of your base camp uh, for your vacation. Our Cheyenne property is located you know, close to national parks and monuments um, on the northern side of the state, including Devil's Tower and Mount Rushmore. Um, and then on the other side of the state at our other property, we're just a few hours away from Grand Teton National Park. This is so great because having I didn't get to Grand Teton National Park because we spent our national park time there mainly within the state of Wyoming, which is where you'll find most of Yellowstone. And mm-hmm. what an amazing that that to me was a pilgrimage. That was a bucket list item. Suzanne and I went there, just had an amazing time. And yet I thought, you know, when we do it again, and I sure hope we do, that you go south of the park there and it's not very far before you get to Grand Teton and you've got another national park experience waiting for you. Absolutely. I think that's the beauty of Wyoming is there's all the national parks, you know, like Yellowstone and Grand Teton, uh, and they're they're close to each other. And then we have a host of state parks uh, that also offer uh, unique recreating activities and uh, opportunities to see different parts of Wyoming, which is such a unique state where no matter where you travel, there's beautiful vistas um, and iconic uh, iconic moments to take pictures of. I found that to be true. I mean, in spades, that it's just incredible. I guess I would be remiss because we're doing some uh, reporting here for the benefit of people who are making travel plans. And that is to note that they had some terrific flooding there. I mean, no, I was seeing that start around Gardner, Montana, but Yellowstone itself, wasn't the park closed while they were dealing with that? Uh, I want people to feel free to go out there and knowing that it's going to be as safe as nature will allow this year, even though there was this uh, natural problem, you know, a disaster in some areas, but they were quick to respond, the folks out there, and to get it ready to reopen again. So July 22 to 31, uh, there are not impediments to travel around Yellowstone in Wyoming this year? No, Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I was very impressed with the park service and superintendent out there just really doing an amazing job to get uh, at least the park open, um, there's the three gates that are open currently are the south, east, and west gates. Um, and not all the park is open just yet, but uh, a vast majority of it is open, and they're limiting access uh, a little bit, and you can see that on their website uh, for more details. But it is open, and uh, travel to get there, there's no issues with getting there, um, and would welcome everybody that, that wants to go there into Grand Teton and everywhere else in Wyoming. Come through Wyoming because uh, we're the gateway to Yellowstone. And that is no exaggeration. I found that out firsthand. You know, Tony, I, I'm so impressed with your resume. It's just amazing to me. And I thought, wow, I can really expand. I, we could do twice as much time as this interview allows because of the fact that you are a board member of the Wyoming Office of Tourism. That's some big responsibility. And you have a heck of a lot to work with because of all the beauty that Wyoming offers and the friendly Western hospitality I would love it if you would give our listeners a sense of what it is to participate on a board representing the state office of tourism. What is the vision? What is the planning? Uh, Are there things that you see come up that represent uh, emerging opportunities that may not have existed a few years ago? What is that job like for you? In your case, it sounds like it's one of your jobs. Yeah, I I would say it's, it's not a job. I think we, uh, 
it's it's a very enjoyable and humbling experience to work with the wonderful individuals on that board. We have an amazing uh, director, Director Diane Schober. She's been in the position for quite some time and has a wonderful vision uh, and marketing sense for the needs of Wyoming and uh, how we can represent ourselves to the rest of the country and the world. And it, I think humbling is probably the one word I would describe about being on that board with the wonderful uh, other board members that really have taught me a lot over the years uh, that I've been on that board. I can see why that would be the case. You mentioned Devil's Tower. That was, I, I would say it was a spiritual experience. I don't believe that is any hyperbole. Suzanne and I went there and we spent all, all of the afternoon and wanted to keep on moving. So we left before dusk, but it's just astounding to me when you go to Devil's Tower, this, this huge basalt column that offers you the chance to do everything from take photos, and we took plenty, to drive around that park, but also to take a walk around it. You know, you better get your exercise in and make sure you have your walking legs or hiking legs. I like to tell people the story that when we went there, we thought, you know what, if you look at the base of Devil's Tower, we can do that. So we we parked our car right there and we're walking around. Well, here's the thing I didn't anticipate. You don't simply walk around it. You are going to walk at a grade. And when you do that, where you start in the first five or 10 minutes is not where you're going to end up. <laughs> so we're walking around. I was, I was huffing and puffing after a while. Glad I did it. But I thought, wow, you have to kind of prepare for a hike like that because it's not simply a little walk in the park by any means. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's just jaw-dropping, I think, to see uh, Devil's Tower in person. Uh, and the nice part about driving up to Devil's Tower uh, and taking a look at it is, you know, you're in a great position to, you know, make your way across the, the rest of the state, uh, passing through wonderful areas like Gillette and Sheridan or Cody. Uh, there's just so many wonderful cities and towns, I think, uh, throughout Wyoming that each offer unique activities. I think one could take a road trip throughout the state, visiting each community and each county, uh, finding unique activities and, and wonderful places to visit uh, and recreate uh, and find you know individuals finding things that suit their interests and uh, exceed their expectations. Certainly exceeded ours. You mentioned two towns that we stopped in, and I have to tell you, two of the best meals, one of them a great steak dinner and the other a great place to get a big pork chop, were in the cities. There I had the, that delicious steak in Sheridan, Wyoming. Twice I've spent a night there. And Gillette, Wyoming, wonderful restaurant, wonderful town. It seemed to me like the essence of urbane cowboy living, but still within the context of a small town, Gillette, Wyoming. That was an extraordinary place. And both in the case, and since we're bringing them up here with, um, with Gillette and with Sheridan, they were some of the cleanest towns I've ever been in. I thought, wow, these folks respect the environment here like most other places should, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. I think uh, we might have eaten at the Prime Rib restaurant in Gillette, which is an amazing place to eat. Uh, and then, you know, Sheridan's a great place to spend a couple of days and make that your base camp as you're going out and uh, taking a look at everything that nature has to offer on the northern side of the state, even taking a look at some of what Montana has to offer since you're so close to the border there. But Sheridan has really boomed and is really growing, and they have a wonderful uh off the tourism in, in that county. And uh, Sean Parker is doing a great job of leading 
leading them in the right direction. Absolutely true. Since you're with the Wyoming Office of Tourism, I'm going to spread the love a little bit here. What about Cody, Wyoming? What about Casper itself? You say Casper, Wyoming, that's like, uh, to some people, it seems like it's the nerve center. It's not the capital, that's Cheyenne, but Casper itself is where you have the most people, correct? Yeah, it's right there with Cheyenne, and uh, I think the nerve center is a good way to describe it. It's a nice central location in the middle of the state, uh, and you know they offer some wonderful fishing, hiking, and other activities up there. Uh, and you know Cody, I think, is just beautiful. I'd say that's uh, one of your feeder cities into Yellowstone and Grand Teton, uh, but also a great place to uh, spend a couple of extra nights. And they have a, a great host of hotels there that uh, you know are, are ran by some wonderful people. And they manage even no matter how many rooms they have. I don't see any of them as being like a megalopolis. These are meant to be smaller, friendly, and very welcoming. As I looked at the hotel architecture and all those places, you don't go to any place. The vastness is for the land there. Whereas you go, you won't be lacking for a room in all likelihood, but there is that sense of being in a family type atmosphere where you don't get lost as you would with some much bigger towns. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, Wyoming offers high-end humble hospitality and, uh, you know, we're proud of what we we do and uh, we believe we do it really well. Uh, We want to treat everybody like they are family. Uh, if they're coming to stay with us and make sure that they know that we are uh, here to help them enjoy the West in, in every way possible. Uh, but I think anywhere you go in the state, you're going to find people that are just wonderful and kind and uh, kind of the salt of the earth. Couldn't agree more. Tony, I do want to give you the opportunity to tell people where they can find anything in the Wyoming area, you're Wyoming area manager for Little America Hotels and Resorts. Where can people go to check it out and especially to make their reservations? Yeah, please come to Cheyenne.LittleAmerica.com or Wyoming.LittleAmerica.com. Check out both of our properties in Wyoming. And uh, we look forward to being your destination for and your base camp for your stay along the I-80. Well said. Tony O'Brien, thank you so much, sir. It was a real pleasure to talk to you today. I can't wait to get back to Wyoming. If it doesn't happen this summer, it's going to happen again. There's too much beauty there. I just wouldn't want to miss the chance. So thank you so much for spelling it out for us today. Thank you. Don't hesitate to give me a call when you're in the area. I will do so. You're on. Tony O'Brien, everyone. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rapp co-founders of American Road Magazine, we remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. 